Hello, brother dudes and dudettes. It's time to break down, break the walls down on Dynamite and Rampage this week. Let's get into it. Friendos, welcome to WrestleWolf. I am your host, Damien Gibson. Listen, it wouldn't be WrestleWolf without me completely changing my plans from the last time that I spoke to you guys. I said I was going to try and do individual episodes for each show that I watched. Um, uh, but I was away when uh, Dynamite aired and then Rampage aired and I was still away. Uh, so I just thought, look, this this week we'll put the Dynamite Rampage on the one episode. The brother dudes and dudettes won't mind. And uh, from next week, we will uh, start getting individualized shows. Let's um let's get straight into it. On Dynamite, we started with uh William Regal in the ring. Uh and he was kind of billed as talking about why he turned on the Blackpool Combat Club. Um and uh that didn't really happen. He sort of just came out and said that MGF wouldn't be out this week and that he would come and address um, the crowd next week, uh, then Mox's music hit, um, and, uh, sort of all hell broke loose. The crowd, I mean, this was in Chicago. The crowd was fucking hot. We started with CM Punk chants before we even <laughs> had the first panning shot. Uh, and it feels like AEW is really hot again. Um, Mox music hits, everything's going crazy. He comes out and basically says that he's going to kill Regal. And then Brian Danielson comes screaming down from backstage. Uh, basically, he he comes out to save William Regal and to talk about how um, Regal helped Brian Danielson work out his dad's alcoholism or something. And... Um, that if John Moxley hit him, uh, he's got bleeds on the brain, he might kill him. Uh, Mox finally calms down enough after... I mean, Danielson talked for a long time. Mox finally calms down enough to tell Regal to run as far as he can and, and don't come back. Um, Regal leaves to the Chicago crowd chanting... Uh, Na 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 na, hey hey hey, and goodbye. Uh, I saw Brian Alvarez talk about how other people had talked about this was William Regal being written off AEW, uh, and that he was going to go back to WWE. Um, to be fair to Alvarez, he he kind of was like, well, I don't think that's the case right now. It might be later on down the road, but right now that's not the case. 
if I mean, if William flips flips back to, I mean, he he is one of Hunter's boys, right? So I had had that thought myself of like, well, now that Hunter's in charge, it's only a matter of time, you know. Like the guys in AW that you think probably it's only a matter of time is William Regal, Adam Cole, and uh, Billy Gunn. They're probably the guys that, especially now that Billy Gunn is over on the back of the acclaimed, but has also helped the boys get over. You would think that those three would be the ones that would go back to WWE. Um, but th- to be honest, that thought just did not cross my mind at all. Um, because, if, I mean, unless it had come completely out of the blue to Tony Khan, why would you book... William Regal, I mean, it could be some old-fashioned territory booking of booking him as a heel on the way out the door, Um, but I don't think so. Uh, The story between Mox and MJF has been built up for too long for them to not have a a long-term aim with this, so I don't don't think William Regal's going anywhere. Uh, 3.25 stars for all of this. Um, It was... On paper, great. Execution didn't quite hit it for me. I mean, um, it wasn't bad. I just thought Danielson's promo was a bit weak. Um, And I was more interested in... I understand there needed to be some sort of explanation for Regal and Mox, but, the, you know, it's pretty self-explanatory. You know, that Regal is a mercenary and he's seen the writing on the wall that MJF is a generational talent and that Regal wants to be a part of that. Um, and, you know, he'll say some dumb shit like, you know, if you guys didn't know that I was going to do this, then I haven't taught you anything at all. Something like that. And then he'll move on. I'm kind of at the point where I'm a little oversaturated with John Moxley. John Moxley will probably be my wrestler of the year. So this is no slight on him i've spoken on the podcast before that like john is not my favorite wrestler but the difference between your favorite wrestler and and being able to recognize who is the best slash hottest wrestler in the promotion are two different things um but i just need a break even if it's only for a month or something um you know it it can do a world of difference i mean you just got to look at the elites reactions this week and the week before it's not bad sometimes it's not bad for your best person to not be on the bill now i understand you want to sell tickets all that kind of thing ticket sales haven't been great but with the elite coming back uh you know alistair black sorry malachi black being back on the card this week you've got some big ins so let john go and have a rest it also if moxley disappears it kind of opens up some breathing room for people like Ricky Starks, Ethan Page, who we'll get to in a bit, but also someone who I've been championing to be at the top of the car for a long time in Brian Danielson. Um, I think the the idea of the Blackpool Combat Club was a lot cooler than it actually kind of worked out to be. And I, as much as you know, probably in a year's time, I'll look back at the the Jericho Appreciation Society Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, feud and think okay yeah not bad there was some really cool moments and I'm sure 
proponents of the view could be like, well, this happened, then this happened, this happened. But to me, it always kind of felt like we had three of the best wrestlers in the in the promotion put together to put Wheeler Uter over. You know, I just didn't. I know it's not as simple as that, but it. In the end, I feel like that's what the purpose of the the faction was, and it didn't really succeed. You know, so um, I think all three of them work better on their own. Anyway, next up we had Orange Cassidy. He defeated Jake Hager for the uh, All Atlantic title. Uh, I don't want to be super negative, but I wasn't a huge fan of this match, and, and I'll tell you why. There are too many people at ringside, um, too many best friends, too many jazz hands, uh, The and the story that seemed to be told here is that the only reason Orange Cassidy could beat this guy who has barely wrestled in three years and when he has, has lost, uh, is because Jake Hager was obsessed with a hat. With a bucket hat. Now, I get that it's the comedy match, and I get you've got to have different flavors of ice cream, blah, blah, blah. But again, this just reeks of we don't actually fully trust or believe in our champion here. So, like, either Orange Cassidy is a champion, you book him as such, or he's not. There's this 50 50 booking that continues to happen with Orange Cassidy of like, Ah, oh, it's a roll-up pin, or you know, Jake Hager was distracted by a hat. I mean, I just feel like Orange Cassidy deserves better than that. Um, yeah, I I must be getting old because ten years ago I would have been really into this. Um, but yeah, like I say, if it wasn't for the hat, OC would have lost to a jobber. Is the story that's being told in this match? Um, I mean, you could. I suppose the opposite opinion would be that you're booking the baby face as being the smart face and he outwitted the dumb heel. Um, But it didn't come across like that to me. Um, So this match, I mean, the match in the ring was fine. I just think the story being told was incorrect. Um, We're about to get the best friend's hug. Rocky Ramiro's out here as well. And I like Rocky. I really like Rocky a lot. He's a great conduit between Japanese and American wrestling. But I just, like, why? <laughs> I know he does work for AEW, but he just randomly shows up. We get no Danhausen because we get Rocky Ramiro. Are there that many New Japan Strong fans who are going to be like, ah, oh, yay, Rocky Ramiro? Um, uh, <laughs> I know these are small things, but... I just think if you slightly improve on them, you know, it just feels like the boys are booking a bit. Um, anyway, the factory come out, and I at this point I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. QT Marshall's about to book a pro, uh, cut a promo. Uh, the mics and lights go out. Julia Hart appears on the stage. The rest of the House of Black appear in the ring and they beat the shit out of the best friends. The factory seem kind of happy about this and then uh, they get beaten up as well. So for if we're taking this whole segment into account, including the match and then the Gaga afterwards, I'm going to give it four stars because I thought the return of the House of Black was strong. Uh, and I think it was Excalibur. It might have been JR basically saying that they're declaring war on everybody um, and good. <laughs> 
we need to see Malachi Black strong. Like, we need to see him as the killer he is in the ring and outside of the ring. Four stars for all of this, but uh, look, probably two stars of that is for the House of Black. Uh, next up, we'll get Ricky Starks defeating Ethan Page in the number one contender tournament final. Um, Ethan Page is doing a great job of putting Ricky Starks over even before the match starts. Um, and I think it was always going to be a case of whoever won or lost this match, whoever lost the match, you don't need to, if you're a fan of theirs, don't worry too much because they will get booked more. Ethan Page is a star, could be the next big heel in the company, I think. And that's important because (laughs) even though MJF is the bad guy of the organization, people love him too much. He's got that Ric Flair thing where like... People are showing up to watch MJF be a heel, but that you need another heel that people actually hate. And I think Ethan Page could be that guy. Um, Ricky's taped up like a mummy, which is good storytelling because Lance Archer beat the shit out of him the week before. Um, uh, Ethan Page is telling the story of like trying to hurt Ricky's ribs the whole match, and that plays into the taping up as well. Uh, Stokely helps Paige get uh, out of the way of a spear from Starks and then Stokely gets ejected by the referee. Uh, Ricky then hits two spears and gets the win. And I think this is great booking. It surprised me a little bit because I was pretty sure Ethan Page was going to win this. Um, But I'm, you know, it makes sense. Ricky Starks is a babyface right now and MJF is not. And so Ricky Starks will face MJF at Winter is Coming. And I thought this match was really good. I thought the booking was really good. I thought both guys did a really great job. Four stars. Uh, next up, we get Jade Cargill promo. And um, I don't know, man. This feels like a half-assed attempt to get some buzz for Jade. It was something to do with little Bow Wow or something. Um, some rapper that she got into a feud with. And then they just didn't talk about the feud. Like, you're not building on anything at all. Um, I did like Mark Sterling coming in and firing Kira Hogan from the baddies, though. And I think Kira Hogan, if they're deciding that they're going to slowly take these girls out of the baddies and, I don't know, maybe put them up against Jay Cargill. Um, great. Maybe Kira Hogan's the one that beats Jay Cargill for uh, beats her streak. Great, because I really like Kira Hogan and this streak needs to end. Uh, but overall, because of some good work, Red Velvet back. Nice to see friend of the show, Red Velvet back. Um, so, yeah, the, their performances helped to get this to three stars. But, you know, people keep telling me to be patient with Jade. Like, oh, she's got star potential and we've just got to be patient because she'll get there and blah, 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 blah. I just don't see it, man. You know, and how long ago did she debut? I mean, Cody was in the company when she debuted, I and mean, she was wrestling uh, Brandy Rhodes. So it's been at least a year and a half that she's been in the company, and I'm not seeing any improvement at all. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't bang on about it if she wasn't the most represented woman on the show outside of Britt Baker 
you know, I just don't think she deserves that that spot. DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, it's my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Explain why. I will explain why. It's the easy and fast payouts. It's the player prop options. It's the same game parlays. It's all of that. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. That's a parlay. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Discuss your own experiences with the app. Bet on the bills, buddy. Bet on the bills, and then I get those sweet dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Uh, you can also bet on AEW and WWE. Um, so that's a nice little tidbit for you neckbeards to know. Call to action. It's easy. All you have to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Next up, we had match two in the Elite versus Death Triangle Best of seven series for the triples belt. Uh, the crowd were very pro CM Punk in this match, and they were letting the elite know uh, we had some chants along the lines of "fuck you, Bucks, CM Punk, and we want Colt," which I thought was actually genuinely funny. So well done, Chicago. Uh, it felt like it was all in good humor, though. It didn't feel like genuine heat. It felt like kayfabe heat. The Elite played into it. The, the <clears throat> Jackson brothers were, were great with it. Um, and we were starting to move up the gears of the first five minutes, after the first five minutes, so not a lot. Um, uh, Kenny hit a GTS on pack. And listen, this is just my opinion. This is not fact. This I, I don't have any basis of fact here. But when Kenny Omega is hitting CM Punk's moves... I can't, there's no way that that would be referenced on the show if Punk was not coming back. You, you wouldn't be, you just you just wouldn't be doing that. They just wouldn't be doing that. They haven't done it in the past. When Cody left, Cody left and they have not mentioned him. They have not referenced him. Nothing. Now, if it was the same uh, Andrade, we're led to believe, has left AEW and is going to go back to WWE at the end of his non-compete clause or whatever it is, has not been spoken about, hasn't been referenced. Um, so why CM Punk would be the exception to the rule, I don't know. I don't, you know, I don't want to hear any Brian Alvarez bullshit of like, oh, well, you know, Cody was their friend and they were happy to see him go, but bullshit they were happy to see him go 
And also, Brian on his show, the day after Dynamite, did a fucking U-turn on Punk as well. It was like, oh, look, you know, he, he, listen, he, you know, if he does come back, he isn't coming back anytime soon. And I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Well, two weeks ago, he was never coming back full stop. So, you know, just put a kayfabe warning at the beginning of your shows, Dave and Brian. Then we can know that you're all part of the circus. Renee announces that Thunder Rosa has uh, relinquished the AEW women's title. So Jamie Hayter is now a proper AEW champ uh, and that that will retroactively work for Tony Storm as well. Um, pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know what Thunder Rosa's contract status is. As far as I knew, she was injured until January and would return in January. Maybe Tony's just had enough of the negative interim comments. And if that's the case, good, because one, that's what AEW used to do back in the day. Well, when I say back in the day, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, it felt like they were listening to fans a lot more. So that's good to hear that, like, the fans are like, interim belts are stupid, and Tony just got rid of them. Um. Brit said something. I don't know. I wasn't paying any attention. 2.25 stars. Uh, Tay and Jay versus Brit and Jamie versus Willow and Sky Blue. Uh, Willow and Sky Blue don't get an entrance. Uh, Sky Blue... Sky, Sky Blue was the best technical wrestler in this match. And I think she's like 20 years old. Um, look, Jamie Hayter's is good in ring. Willow is pretty good in ring. But, I mean, Sky Blue is... Streaks ahead of Britt Baker in the ring. Uh, there were some moments in the match, um, but mostly boring. The worst thing about this match is that Britt got the win. I understand. Like I understand that in the promo, Britt spoke over the top of Jamie, and then Britt tagged herself in to get the pin, and it's going to be Jamie versus Britt. But I, I mean. Yeah, I mentioned earlier in the show that I'm a little oversaturated with John Moxley. And um, I, you know, if I'm if I'm oversaturated with Mox, I don't have a word for Britt Baker. I just I just need a break. I just need to not see her for a bit. And the more I see her, you know, the more I think, no, you're not listening. <laughs> like there's always this dumb argument with wrestling fans where they'll be like, but she's doing a job. It's a really smug sort of attitude of like, you'll say, I really can't stand that wrestler and I don't want to watch them. And the person will be like, they're a heel. They're doing their job. And like, no, 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 I get that. Like I've watched wrestling for 40 years and I understand, understand the job of a heel. And I can also disassociate myself enough to be like, ah, that heel is annoying me, but in a way that makes me want to keep watching the show. Not that heel annoys me to the point where I would rather watch anything else than this show right now. Um, yeah, I've written here, we need to talk about Brit's go away heat. I think I kind of just did that and I tend to do it on every show. I mean, when she won, there was nothing. There was nothing. There was audibly no reaction. And because AEW don't pipe in sound or they don't, you know, bullshit their audience, um, it was stark. You know, so, like, 
I don't understand when you what I think what frustrates me the most about it if I'm really thinking about it is that it just seems very narrow uh, minded and tunnel vision from TK that like oh no Brit's the face you know like, but <laughs> Jamie Hayter's more over than her Tony Storm's more over than her Hikaru Shida is more over than her you've got Soraya you've got Athena if you really wanted to push her there are People who you got Willow Willow is more over than Britt Baker. Like Jamie Hayter can be a heel. <laughs> Soraya could be a heel. Tony Storm could be a heel. Um, Athena could be a heel. There are plenty of people on that roster who can actually wrestle who can be heels. And don't uh you know, like you can if you're working in the company, you're like, well, you loved her a year ago, now you've just turned on a Like, it might be fickle from the audience to have done that. I don't disagree with that, but it's a reality. So something needs to be done about it, and it's just not. And it feels like the the response to the go-away heat is like, oh, we'll just double down, triple down, quadruple down on Britt Baker. It's really frustrating to watch. Uh, Next up, 2.75 stars for this match, but um, I don't know. Two of those are for Sky Blue. Uh, great fun, acclaim promo. Uh, <laughs> Daddy Ass has got his bandages off, so he can scissor again. Thank God. Jeff Jarrett interrupts, setting up a feud between the acclaimed and uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. It's just going to be a TV feud. I saw some smart-ass comments again from Alvarez and his boys about this feud. It's a TV feud, Brian. Like, <laughs> fucking relax, man. Um. You know what I mean? We're not going to see Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal as AEW tag teams. Um, but what will happen is that they'll have a feud and these two legends will lose and put over the young guns. You know, it's called good booking. 3.75 stars. Uh, next up, we had Stone Pitbull to Mihiro Ishii versus Chris Jericho uh, in a Ring of Honor title match. Um, Ian and Excalibur are doing good work of putting Jericho, uh, Jericho's Ring of Honor run over on this. This match was a chop fest. That's it. <laughs> I mean, these guys just beat the living shit out of, shit out of each other. Uh, Jericho gave the finger at the beginning of this match and uh, uh, Ishii did the same thing just before he tapped out. So he gives Jericho the finger while he's in the line tamer and then taps out with his finger. Um... This was a great match. Four stars. Like they just just two old dogs beating the living crap out of each other. Uh let's quickly go on to Rampage. I thought Rampage was really, really good this week. Uh we started with Top Flight versus FTR. Um essentially in what is the headlining spot of this show now. Uh this went back and forth. Top Flight getting a lot of offense in and showing that they belong. FTR hit the big rig to win and it's all over. 3.5 stars. I haven't it sort of felt like FTR didn't really get out of third gear here. It was kind of more, let's just run the ropes and see what you guys can do. But still a really solid match. Uh, next up, we had a Jericho Appreciation Society promo. Jericho says that no one can beat him. Claudio comes out and he says he can beat him. Uh, and then essentially Jericho's like, well, why would I wrestle you? And then uh, they come to the conclusion that... 
uh, Claudia could help out Jazz. So anyway, long story short, final battle, Ring of Honor final battle, Jericho versus Claudio. If Claudio wins, he has to join the Jericho Appreciation Society, um, which probably means that Claudio will win the belt. Um, Although, I mean, it could be fun to see Claudio in the jazz. But anyway, but I just thought Claudio was a bit weak in this promo. He kind of got rattled a bit, I think. Like he got heckled a bit by the crowd that sort of chanting what at him. Uh, If I could ban one thing from the wrestling world, it would be that stupid fucking Stone Cold chant. Um... I just hate it. What? Uh, Tony Storm promo with Renee. I love this. Tony is all, she's got a broken nose and she's got two black eyes. Uh, she says that she's broken her face once before uh, to get the AEW title and she'll do it again. Um, really good baby face promo. Renee doing some good work with the women here, starting to legitimize their promos. Really good stuff. Uh, three stars. Darby Allen versus Anthony Henry. Uh, Darby's cannonball out onto Jamie Drake, and this was superb. Uh, Anthony Henry did a neck twist that looked really brutal on Darby Allen. Uh, Drake got in- involved later on in this match. Sting clotheslined him and threw Drake into the barrier that looked like he might have dislocated his shoulder. Uh, Darby gets a win, coffin drop. This match was. Um, really aggressive, especially considering that it was on Rampage at like you know ten forty-five at night. Uh, I gave it four stars. Uh, Athena cuts a Athena, Athena promo. Uh, Athena cuts a promo about the why. Uh, uh, sorry, Athena cuts a promo essentially about you know why hasn't she been on TV that she wants to wrestle Mercedes for the ring of honor women's championship at final battle. So we're starting to get a few of those places of pieces falling into place there. Um, I like this promo from Athena. It wasn't, it didn't blow me away, but there was enough there to be like, yes, she definitely has something needs to be used more. Three stars there. Hikaru Shida versus Queen Amanada. Uh, Sheeta squash win, and then Penelope Ford and the Bunny, they're at ringside for this match, kind of just looking generally evil. Um, the match looks makes Sheeta look strong, which is a positive, but not nothing... I mean, it's the beginning of a story, I suppose, but not a lot happened here. 2.75 stars. Uh, Dax Harwood challenges Brian Danielson for a singles match on Dynamite. I'm giving that three stars alone just for the idea. Uh, and then we've got uh, Roosh, Butcher and the Blade taking on Dark Order. Um, there's been this ongoing sort of storyline that like it started on BTE this week, right, that they couldn't get hold of 10. Uh, now, th- this has sort of been on Rampage, a little bit on Dynamite, that Roosh keeps offering 10 to leave the Dark Order and, and come join him. He keeps saying no, he keeps saying no. Um, and the match is kind of pottering along, but 10 isn't there to start with. So it's Alex Reynolds and John Silver taking on Rush and Butcher and the Blade. Um, and then it gets to the point where 10 finally comes down um, and he runs up to Rush and they're like facing off. And then he turns around and clotheslines Johnny Silver and that's it. That's he starts beating the crap out of the Dark Order. 
uh, Butcher and the Blade, Beat Down Reynolds, Silver and uh, 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 an Evil Uno. Uh, then 10 takes off his mask and throws it at negative one. Uh, so negative one um, has been part of the Dark Order since his dad passed away, uh, Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, and it was, it's been kayfabe and real life story that 10 was his favorite wrestler. So like for negative one to be involved in that storyline is brutal, but also I loved it. Uh, I thought I never thought I would actually get as invested in 10 leaving the dark order as much as I did with this. So 4.5 stars. I thought the match was actually pretty good, but the storytelling and the palaver at the end of the match was actually done well. And I think rampage, like there wasn't a lot of bullshit on rampage this week. And when I say bullshit, I mean, you know, run-ins and uh, interference and distractions. There wasn't a lot of that. So when it, did happen when so when the uh, when 10 turned on on dark order it was one different to the rest of the show but two meant more because it's not happening all the time really appreciated it uh, but yeah look a good week of dynamite good follow-up week from uh, a grateful gear <clears throat> that next week is always a little bit hard they didn't have MGF there, so it was a little bit hard to uh, carry on the, the momentum from the pay-per-view. Um, but that's okay. I mean, there isn't another pay-per-view for five months. So um, plenty of time to build up stories and stuff. And it was it was a very good week. So, um, and I definitely, you know, the crowd was super hot. And, you know, speaking to friends, friends who had been kind of down on the product were very much into these shows, even though I've got, a range of critiques about how different wrestlers are used and being oversaturated and stuff. Uh, but anyway, overall, pretty good. Rampage, very good. Dynamite, pretty good. Um, but I'm going to leave that there, brother dudes and dudettes. Uh, if you want to help out the show, you can do that by rating and reviewing, telling your friends about it. Going to try and do more New Japan stuff. We'll have a um, War Games Survivor, well, Survivor Series semicolon war games review up later in the week um so yeah look out for that but until next week brother dudes and dudettes look after yourselves and i'll see you then DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, it's my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Explain why. I will explain why. It's the easy and fast payouts. It's the player prop options. It's the same gay parlays. It's all of that. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 
$50 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. That's a parlay. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets, like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Discuss your own experiences with the app. Bet on the bills, buddy. Bet on the bills, and then I get those sweet dollar-dollar bills, y'all. Uh, you can also bet on AEW and WWE. Um, so that's a nice little tidbit for you neckbeards to know. Call to action. It's easy. All you have to do, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.